0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> me yeah? yeah. yeah? welcome yeah,
1: let's to the go. new tools an ongoing conversation about educational technology and learning brought to you by the educational technology department of his school district My name is Joshua Moore, and I'm joined today by three other members of my team. I'm going to let them go around and uh, introduce themselves, but we are all instructional technology specialists. Hey, this this is Chris
0: Coleman, and I'm in the house with my friends here. I can't wait to talk about what we have going on today.
2: Stephanie Olson, hello. And I'm Allie.
1: All right, yes. Uh, we're here today, and we're—it's uh, getting to be the time of year where teachers are actually having to uh, look at and process all of the amounts of data and student work uh, because it's starting to be time to put grades in the grade book uh, and meet with te- students and talk with them about their progress and meet with parents. So for our tech talk today, we are gonna—we're gonna focus on tech tools that help with—with with that process. And so we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we're gonna start with a bell ringer. And um, throughout the course of this year, we're trying to identify different tool types and then go around and just share our different, um, our favorites uh, for that category. And uh, this, this fortnight, we're looking at favorite note tools and we're asking why. Anyway, I, I wanted, I chose it this week because my father growing up was a consummate note taker. He always had some index cards out and was taking notes on whatever idea had popped into his head. Um, and uh, he was really pretty easily able to recall those bits of information that were floating around and had been transcribed onto his note cards. But I never actually like saw the system uh, that he used, uh, which I think would have really been useful uh, because in this day and age, we're living in constant bombardment of information, ideas, hot takes, and up-to-minute real-time updates and i think having a system and the right tools in place is really important uh, especially in teaching where we're being asked more and more to to have a command of those facts and those data points and um, anyway and anecdotes about student progress thankfully though there are some great note-taking tools available and uh, with the right system Recalling that information, making lists, and capturing those million-dollar ideas can be easier than ever. So let's go around and share our favorite notes, tools or favorite processes with a combination of those tools to, to share notes. I'll just let whoever wants to go first jump in. I'll go. Ooh, we didn't even have to wait seven seconds. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> no, wait, <laughs> it's a
0: little teacher joke. There you go.
2: Um, I chose Padlet.
0: Okay. big Padlet fan. Let's Padlet. hit it. Let's
2: yeah. hit it. Um, I like how Padlet is essentially kind of a digital corkboard where you can add notes, kind of like little sticky notes, but yeah. you can also add links. You could use it just for your own professional or personal use. You could also collaborate with it. I like that there are different ways to organize it, um, kind of aesthetically. And it's also very visually appealing. You can change the fonts a little bit and the backgrounds.
1: Now, are you thinking it, it in the classroom that you might have a Padlet for each student, especially maybe like at elementary where you maybe have just twenty-five or thirty students? Is that what you're thinking, or are you thinking more just for like your collection of information? Maybe, yeah. maybe you would make a because you can Padlet, you can make columns, right? right. So, so maybe can, like one little section for each student. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting idea yeah
0: I like that that's really great and I like the fact that Padlet can also be used with students as a place to um, help them gather their own collaboratively their, mm-hmm. own, their own you know it would
1: be knowledge. interesting too to like put it out to them and say like here's something I observed about you and then use the comments feature to reflect that's on right. it yeah you know or um, yeah or maybe
2: set goals or mm-hmm. um, yeah
1: yeah, how much is Padlet these days for like an individual account? That's a great question. Uh, I don't know. Chris I'm is going to look it up and we'll have it, up, have it on right? our With show free notes. With every account, you get three boards. Three, three, so boards. Get three boards. Yeah, but the I feel like the the yearly subscription is fairly reasonable if if yeah. it was something that you wanted to be kind of as your go to and you mm-hmm. wanted to have the ability to have multiple boards. And
2: because th- it's you can access it on the web or via an app, I feel like it's something that you could do on the fly or something yeah. you could be sit down and be more intentional about. Yeah.
1: I think so. that's a key thing, too, is that kind of platform agnostic as much as possible so that you can get right. to it when you need it. And I think that's that's why my dad carried around note cards is just because mm-hmm. he he worked. The same kinds of shirts all the time, with the pocket in the front, and he had his pen and his note cards there. And I don't know what he did with them afterward. I got I got to ask my mom about that. But anyway, <laughs> cool. Padlet. I think that's a great, great, great choice, and it's a kind of a more modern tool, and at least than the ones I'm going to share. So.
0: And uh, <laughs> premium versions, uh, teacher plan is uh, twelve dollars a month or ninety nine dollars a year.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you
0: have it. Yeah.
1: Think of all the note cards my dad would have had to buy <laughs> you know, keeping track of student <laughs> yeah. stuff. So. All right, Stephanie, you wanna, you had some—you had piped in about being a calendar girl, and I don't yeah. think you meant what that term normally. Okay.
3: Although I used to want to be that kind of calendar girl, I had—you know—I really liked Marilyn Monroe. Wow. <laughs> wow. Stephanie, it's always possible. <laughs> um, I'm thinking more about calendar on my phone and iPhone notes. I do mm-hmm. all sorts of notes constantly, and I can organize them. <laughs> so I do work related so if I'm trying to remember something when I'm out and about I can write myself a note and then go back and grab it later I do notes. all right so
1: stop right there what where are you writing that note is it the same place all the time or, okay. or does it kind of depend on where you are See in your work face.
3: okay so let's say I'm out and about and this happens a lot so my example was more of a family example uh-huh. um, so for Christmas lists For example, because that's coming up. And so if we're out and the kiddos or somebody says, oh, that'd be great, we'll put it on your Christmas list. So then I just add it to a note. That's Christmas 20, you know, 2019 and then add it to each person. Um, Then. So, for example, too, let's see, this is all my other my family ones, but like Rowan's allergic to something and I didn't know he was allergic to it. But you can add pictures in there. So that's really nice. So I took a picture of the bottle, added inside my note, so that now whenever I go to a doctor or anything, I can write what he's allergic to. Because I'm never gonna remember. So
1: that's iOS. in your iPhone, no, your iOS yeah. notes? Yeah.
3: And then I have three like storage spaces. I have cloud work and my personal. So under my work ones, you can just add notes there. And then I'm a really big fan of calendar and just actually emailing myself reminders, but also putting them on my calendar. Like using
1: the notes function built in a calendar entry. Mm Yes, and
3: it adds them to your notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Self note (laughs) (laughs) when you email them to yourself. But also just actually adding things to my calendar as notes for reminders because for me it's not, to me it's like a task list and then it keeps it on my calendar so I can keep seeing it. I know a lot of people like Google Keep for this. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just going to mention it. Well, you can continue later. You can keep I'm all you want. Gonna, I don't use it, so I yeah. can't like, promote it.
1: I have a, a, a bone to pick with Google after. <laughs> about, and it's related to Google Keep. So,
3: Well, in the calendar, you can like create categories. Yeah, that's and so right. So I created my categories so that one's just reminders. So yeah. I just switch it nice. to yellow, and it's a reminder instead of actually on my calendar. I like
1: it. That's where you're looking, right? That's yeah. where you are. It's where I'm at yeah. daily. And, and so I do think, it, you know, they they there's a saying about um, – kind of the whole camera revolution with, with photography having just taken off over the last twenty years and um, and and digital, you know, big cameras with interchangeable lenses, all that kind of stuff has kind of disappeared. And the the saying is the best the best camera is the one you have with you right and I do think that that's true about notes too right the best note taking tool is the one that you have access to that's what Ali was alluding to earlier and it sounds like that's kind of how you roll as well
3: I every day before I leave my house I have to have two things with me it's my phone well my car key so I can start my car three things my car key my phone and my wallet and if I have those three things with me at anytime, any time, anywhere, I will be perfectly set. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know you're going to have those. I mean, just because, obviously, yes. those are things you carry with yeah. you. So that's... Well, yeah. And I do think that's one of the things that makes the utility of the Android or iOS notes, built-in notes platform. And I used to talk with students about that. I was like, you have this with you all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and a couple of them would be like, well, actually, I sometimes... Lose. And I was like, yeah, I know you sometimes lose them. But for the most part, you have this thing with you all the time. And that's what's great about it is because yeah. it's right there. And well, they have some pretty powerful features now in terms of organizing and sorting and... All that yes, kind of like
3: taking the photos of the board and yep. taking yep. the notes. And I know it's a joke because <laughs> we don't take notes anymore. They just take photos of the boards yeah. where we all take notes. <laughs>
1: well, that's a separate episode because I actually have I have a kind of a counter opinion on, on whether yeah. that's <laughs> healthy or not.
0: You mentioned the, the powerful <laughs> tools and just the fact that you can draw in that in the yep. iOS yep. notes um, and add photos, add links. There's and it's
1: now cloud accessible through, it, a, through a web browser if you want.
0: And it it actually has a lot of features similar to a lot of our, um, like Word or Pages, where you can do some formatting, formatting. Yeah, exactly. I think it's great. And then the fact that it's cloud can be cloud based, where you can. Have it synced to multiple devices is pretty
1: yep. cool mm-hmm. too. We uh, use a, a shared grocery list through the notes feature because you can yeah. share a note um, oh, in your I O yeah. and family, and you can transfer them to some. reminders
3: too. So yep. then you can add like a time for it to remind you, which yep. I always I've used that before too. Remind me when I get to this place. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep.
3: To
2: do this item. So didn't you just set a reminder to have you practice <laughs> charcuterie?
1: Yes, that's that's <laughs> another podcast, <laughs> charcuterie. I, I love to, that
0: word. Yep. Learn learn something up. new today.
1: <laughs> I'm going right on uh, Reddit and doing TIL, mm-hmm. and then they'll all be like, "How come you just learned that?" And that's it. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and the answer is because apparently I'm not out <laughs> and eating enough restaurants. But anyway, that's not here. That you're...
2: Or maybe you're just not ordering charcuterie, but maybe. now you're going
1: to. <laughs> yeah, totally. My, right on my alley.
0: All right. Well, I too love the Notes app and iOS uh, devices. But um, since you've already mentioned it, I'll also bring up the uh, Google Keep, which is a great place to. I like it because uh, I often find uh, lots of resources through my Twitter feed from other education um, uh, Twitter I'm a big follower of other education gurus on Twitter and Instagram and one thing that's great about Google Keep is that you can um, take a link that's uh, right in Twitter and send it straight to your Google keep and then I and then organize it in different, um, different types of ways. So I have, for instance, a, a Google Keep folder for all of my PE and health um, tweets or Instagram posts and then, uh, you know, for other things in ed tech as well. So I just like the fact that you can take um, links from other platforms and easily put them into Google Keep to, to look at later and to find um Usefulness at a different time. So there you go. Yeah,
3: it sounds a little bit like wakelet. <laughs> it does.
0: Well,
1: yeah. There's some. I, so That's I have hilarious. this. Uh, I'm going to jump in here. I have this theory um, about notes, and I have there's there's two types of notes, and there's there's notes that are kind of those passing through in front of you, and you need to want you want to capture that idea and put it down, and it might be because you know. It's coming and you are waiting in line at Starbucks you don't have time to pull out your laptop or whatever and do more extensive notes. Um, so those, they're more ephemeral. And I think choosing a tool like Google uh, Keep or um, I'm going to talk about Evernote um, that is, is driven by kind of quick – Easy to add stuff, and it does have a extension built into iOS and Twitter, um, so you can send lots of stuff from different apps to it. Um, But I kind of consider those kind of like my dad's note cards. They're just or Post-it notes. People put Post-it notes everywhere, and those they're there. But what's cool about them in Evernote, anyways, you can search them, and both the text, but also the photos that are part that you snap um, are searched by an uh, an OCR. Um, software, and so like i was I tell this story, but I was trying to we have this uh tolling system in our in our state uh where you you have to have a sticker on your car and it gets scanned and um anyway, I got a text and I was about to drive across um five twenty and i I was like, to the email it wasn't a text said your account is you know out of money or whatever, and so I pulled over. I called up Good2Go and was, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. And that's the name of the, the, the system, by the way, Good2Go. And anyway, and they asked me for my license plate number. I'm sitting in this car and I was like, I have no idea what my license <laughs> plate number was, but I had taken a picture of it mm-hmm. in uh Evernote. And so I just searched Subaru and or actually I searched license plate. And, and it found it and pulled it up and I was able to have it and I got to go across without being charged the two or three extra dollars, which is, uh, is important. Anyway, but I think that optical character recognition is a pretty powerful feature as well. So that's the ephemeral kind of things, those post-it notes that you never know quite what to do with. That's one system that I recommend. And I think in a classroom setting, it can be really powerful for pulling out and just taking a picture of a student piece of student work and then tagging it with the student's name or something like that. Um, you can jot down a thought. You can put a link in, all those things, and that's great. And then with that, I think you also need a kind of a deeper system, a system for that's a little bit more robust and permanent. And so I like programs like OneNote yep. um, for doing that. You know, which again I would have just had a notebook before, um, which I kept notes in uh, like a spiral or whatever. And so I think OneNote's great for that. And then you can bring in uh, all kinds of stuff that way. So that, that's my my theory. Now I want my little. Beef with Google. Yeah, let's let's hear your. And I understand where they're going, but the first kind of touch I had with that dynamic, easy to search, function uh, with a note that was built in right to the browser was a thing called Google Notebook, and it was this awesome app. came out about the same time as Google Docs and everything. And so, I built out. I spent two years building out all of my like. Lecture notes and classroom things that I used on a regular basis because I just wanted to be able to be like, oh, we're talking about, you know, um, the Gettysburg Address. Let me pull up some interesting, you know, whatever I'd found, and it was great. And I loved it. And then they killed it, oh, and they didn't they really set up any kind of helped. way to transition to Google Keep, which didn't come out for did another you four have or five.
2: Notice that they were. They
1: did. They told me, and so then, but at the same time, that's how I found Evernote because Evernote was starting at that time and had a similar kind mm-hmm. of setup. And they Evernote had a system to pull all your notes, so I didn't lose them. But I was still kind of mad at Google for like, you know, it seemed. I wonder why. Well, and I think the reason was they were going, maybe it was a different architecture or they had a plan to go to Google Keep later, you know, but it it was another three or four years. And there was a gap between that. And there was no way, at least as far as I know, of like accessing that. And I just liked it because it was simple, clean, easy. You could organize uh, by tags. You could also create a table of contents. So it was They
0: might have also killed it because you probably were the only one using it. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) Yeah. Could be.
1: Anyway, all right. (laughs) Any other note-taking advice? All right. We're going to move on to Tech Talk. And uh, we're calling this segment Tech Tools That Can Help With Conferring. Uh, So for teachers across the land, it is getting to be that time of year. And no, I'm not talking about the October to March run of constant disruptions because of holidays and vacations, though that's also here. No, I'm talking about grading and conferencing season. Whether you are wrapping up your first quarter in high school or running to get ready for parent-teacher conferences at elementary, teachers everywhere are working hard to make sense of their students' progress and, more importantly, trying to leverage those observations, data points, and anecdotes into meaningful supports and interventions. That's the key. That's what the goal is. Fortunately, there are some great tech tools out there that can help with the process of conferring and Designing instruction to meet students where they're at, and I just was hoping you all could share some of your insights so teachers out there can make sense of it all.
0: I'm going to come from a perspective of an elementary school yeah. teacher, and you know that I often do not go through a podcast without bringing up Seesaw, so I'm bringing it up now. <laughs> it up now. <laughs> it up twice oh, today, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. <laughs> I, I think that Seesaw can be a powerful tool for conferences. Um, and conferencing for that matter. Absolutely. But um, for a parent-teacher conference, um, having the ability to put uh, students' best work into um, a folder in Seesaw that then you share with the uh, parents. And oftentimes, even with student-led conferences, the students can be sharing those those um, wow work or best best of um, posts in Seesaw. Um, and Seesaw has a great way of doing that. And later on, I'm going to be talking about uh, in my uh, classroom hack um, about a, a way to make those folders more usable in Seesaw. But I think Seesaw is an excellent way for sure. uh, teachers and students to, uh, during mm-hmm. conference times um, to show their best work during yeah. that period. Well, it
1: naturally, just assign, you already got it linked to the student, so yep. you don't have to create a tab or something like you do in OneNote or something like that. It's mm-hmm. just already right there. Right. And so that's, that's, a, that's it is a nice benefit of it. Do you think um, the fact that there's a parent side of it, that they're seeing that already. That like, if you go into conferences that you're and you're showing mm-hmm. them this stuff, that they're gonna be like, "Yeah, I've already seen that." I, yeah, I,
0: but what a great way to um, to show parents and and to validate with parents the mm-hmm. work that they've already seen, but also that you um, kind of like preps them. Correct. So, they, they, yeah. They, yeah. so yeah. you're Absolutely. not having to like. Yeah
1: make sense of it right there in front of the front of the teacher. Right,
0: and the fact that you can organize it during conference times in a little bit different way where you're not showing the the, the, the scroll of all of the student work, sure. but you have put um, some thought, and the students have put some thought into which work you really want to share with the parent during that conference time. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: Right, and having reflections on their mm-hmm. work. And then um, I always find having parents giving them kind of like guiding questions. Sure, yeah. So they can have a conversation with. Just students. reminded me I got to
1: fill out my daughter's uh, com- pre-conference <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> paper. <laughs> the most wonderful. I come time. from
3: more of a, the secondary background, and we had we actually did student-led conferences where I taught middle school, and it was a really big deal. And students had their choice in how they created their portfolios. The Seesaw would have been really good. We weren't using that, so they often used um, websites or PowerPoint, and then just linked to their data and their information.
1: Speaking of SeeSaw, do students have the ability to curate their own stuff and pull from their feed, like, here's my best work, and throw that into, like, a folder? Or
0: so, yeah, teachers have to create the folder, but uh, oftentimes teachers will create a, a conference folder or a yeah. end-of-the-year folder, or sometimes they call it wow work folder. And then students are able to then tag their posts into that folder. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. yeah cool.
3: That's really cool. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. Love it.
3: Mine is actually Calendly. All right. Give us a setup here. A little bit more of a secondary approach to conferences. So as a secondary teacher, I personally conference with my students once a month on their writing for a whole um, semester. And we work through the writing process. And uh, oftentimes I found that they would forget what we talked about. And so that's always a little frustrating when you spent all this time talking and then they forget. So I actually have a couple of thoughts on this. So Calendly is... An on online calendar uh, scheduling app. and So it creates
1: like a link that students or teachers can go in and, yeah. so and schedules, it picks out a time that's available.
3: Yeah, but the nice thing with Calendly is that you can set it up for your calendar. It can sync with your calendar so it already sees when you're busy. And then you can kind of set it up to be what times you want to be available and how much time you want between each appointment. So that's a nice thing too. And you can do 15-minute, 30-minute, 60-minute appointments. So it's pretty nice. So if you were thinking of outside classroom time, or if you have like for like meeting with students, like after school students or before school, even yeah, parents, so yeah. you could share the link with parents. So then my other thought process is using forms. So when you are having conferences with students you have, like, a form that you fill in. So, like, mine was pretty structured, you know. This week we're talking about our thesis and topic sentence and how do these things relate together. And I'd give them feedback on their thesis and their topic sentences. And so then I could have filled in the form for each student and then share the results with them. So then they and I both have a actual digital copy of what our conversation entailed.
1: So tell me a little bit more about the form, because I, 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 that was one of the things I was going to mention too. Um, are you having a single form that has like a drop down list of your students and you're putting their name in and then you're like taking some notes while you talk to them or maybe having them take the notes and then hitting submit and then it goes into, is that what you're thinking?
3: Yeah, something like that. It could go either way depending on the students in the conversation. but. Definitely can take some notes. So if we were talking about thesis, there could be a whole section on here's some thoughts about my thesis statement. Then it gets submitted. I have a copy of it. And the nice thing is, is then you can do a mail merge and email them a copy or the parents if it was with parents. So everyone has information about what our little conference was about. So this is conferring about a particular thing, but this could also work with semester end of year conferences.
1: I do think forms is great for that student reflection piece mm-hmm. uh, and I think you could do it a couple ways. One, because I mean you, you could have a one form that you're using for a particular topic and then just your students and you're having them all go in and, and reflect and then you're going to go and meet with them and say, okay, I noticed that you said this. Or you could have them, uh, and this is something I tried my very last year, was have them create their own form uh, and then share it with you. And so then it was a, a it built up over the course of a semester and I was able to kind of see their different reflections and I kept the questions kind of Somewhat broad and vague, and then asked you know, to get more detail in their answers. To that. But it was really nice because then I just pulled up the spreadsheet, and spreadsheets are hard to kind of like make sense of if you're, you know, got hundreds and rows filled. But with each student, there was you know probably a dozen or so rows, and so I was able to pretty quickly kind of uh, narrow in on things. And we talked about it, and so that was a good mm-hmm. good application of it as well. So
3: yeah, it would actually be great as a pre. Because right. then they kn- ha- can ask their questions before they get there, and they yeah. sit with you. And half the time, they're like, "I don't know what to talk about." Yeah. But having them think about it ahead of time, yeah. yeah and
1: great. if you use like optional questions too, you could have a, a place for student input and then a place for teacher input, or and even parent input too. Mm-hmm. And then they would all be side by side there on the on the um, on the spreadsheet. So that's pretty cool. Yep. And then yeah, that mail merge makes it make a difference too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the elementary perspective. In, in okay.
2: Here. Well, you brought up one note, but that's what I was going to share um, because I was just thinking about when I taught first grade. Um, I did the workshop model for literacy, yeah. so for reading and writing, and conferring is a huge part of that. You're conferring almost every day, one to one with your students, and taking anecdotal notes. And I will say, like, the taking of the notes is always. I think the challenging part because you enjoy your conversation with the student and you coach them and then you're like walking away going, oh.
0: And then the next student comes to do the conferring. and (laughs) Right,
2: and then you meet with the student again and you're like, wait, what did we talk about last week? Mm -hmm. So, and I used a physical binder when I first started teaching and I literally had a tab for each student. Um, And so OneNote is basically a digital version of that that I would have found very useful had I used that (laughs) when I first started teaching. Um, But I think you could have a section for each content area, not just for literacy, but if you do a math workshop format, that would be useful as well. And then you would have a a page for each student as one way of organizing it. And then as you're working with a student, you can kind of just, you know, label the date that you're meeting with them. And your notes are typically pretty short, but you can keep kind of a running document um, of notes, what you worked on that specific day. If it's a writing conference, maybe inserting a photo of their writing. And then that way when you come back around, like if I'm conferring with Josh and I see him one week and then I come to him the next week, I have a picture of what we worked on right there and I can see clearly what I worked with him on the time before and that is good notes for you as a teacher to know like, okay, I'm working consistently with the student on this, we need to move on or we need to try something new Um, and then I think, you know, it could be something maybe during a parent-teacher conference that you pull up because you would just be on that one student's page. It's not like they would see anything um, that belonged to another student. But I also think the ability to share notebooks is useful if you had a co-teacher or maybe shared with your administrator, but then you can also make certain sections private um, if that was just for you. So for me and my workflow, just thinking about this, I often do really quick messy notes and then I like to go back and clean those up and so OneNote is a useful tool where you can just type a few sentences in the moment but then go back to that student's page and add a little bit more insert a picture um, and keep it organized so I think it does both mm-hmm. of those.
1: Yeah, I like that. And I, I, I kind of pegged you for saying, hey, let's talk about elementary, but I, I have observed a number of teachers in our district using that same format at middle and high school sure. uh, for workshop models as well. Yeah. And one of the things I've observed that they're able to do too that I think is really useful is that they have a, a section of resources, um, you know, um, writing resources, for example, that mm. they can pull in. And if they see a student struggling with a particular sure. aspect, like thesis writing or something, they have a, a, a page they can pull in and they can or link to, and they can drop it right in there, and then the mm-hmm. student can see that and go mm-hmm. back later and be like, "Oh, there's that resource." Um, and uh, we would
2: call that like a conferring toolkit.
1: Yes, a conferring <laughs> toolkit. You know, you're <laughs> kind of trademark that. I like yeah. it. Anyway, so I think that's another option too that allows that. And what I like about the OneNote is it's just a living document that is mm-hmm. growing as you work through the stuff together. And I think it kind of Im- implies that working together as well because you both have your hands in there working and putting stuff on there. So well, and one I, thing
0: that you just mentioned is, I mean, it can be just a tool for the teacher um, where you're mm-hmm. just keeping sure. notes for yourself. But as especially in our district, our th- 3 through 12 grades, it also can be in the form of a classroom notebook yeah, that so that, that students are able to see the the conferring notes and then, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. adding resources and things when needed. But um, yeah. So it can yeah. go both ways, which Absolutely. is really yeah. Absolutely. I love yeah.
1: it. I love it. Did, did any of you, um, and I guess this would be mostly be... Chris and Allie used. There was, um, when I was leaving the classroom, there was an app called Confer, which was a really popular iOS app that allowed you to basically have lists of standards imported and you could talk with, you know, and then Mm -hmm. add a student and you could tap progress on those standards like that. So I'm just wondering if there's other apps out there like that, that either of you to know.
0: Uh, There's an app called Idocio, which is more for the teacher, but it's a great place to keep notes and uh, keep track of Mm -hmm. whether or not a student's hitting standards and um, I, yeah. I've, I, it's also a great place for a seating chart and random group yep. generator. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a kind of a robust app. And oftentimes, I've seen teachers use it for note taking on cool. students. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent.
1: Yeah, and I guess the only other thing I would say out there is there are, and I know this is bad form for me in the seesaw world, but there are some apps out there um, like Class Dojo that are more focused on the behavioral elements yeah. and give you ability to track mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. And, sure, um, I think at certain grade levels or certain situations that could be useful to have Absolutely. something like yeah. that yeah. um doesn't
0: not in Class Dojo is certainly something that's used widely in our district too. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. All right, any other thoughts on tech tools that can help with conferring? All right. Now it's time for classroom hacks <laughs> where we are going to kind of try to pull back the curtain on all of our amazing tech skills. No, just kidding, a little bit. But we did, uh, at the beginning of the year, kind of realize that uh, there are a lot of things that people who use tech a lot in the classroom uh, basically, just do without thinking about them too much uh, because they've learned them someplace on the way. And we wanted to kind of pull back and look at some of those things uh, that are little shortcuts or hacks that we we deploy when we're out using tech in the classroom. Uh, and so we're taking a different. Uh, each of us is taking a different uh, episode and, and going to share some of those. And so this week it's Chris's turn. So I'm going to let him turn. So take I, the mic.
0: you know, that we mentioned Seesaw earlier and we talked a little bit about um, the folders function in Seesaw. Um, one thing. Uh, about seesaws that teachers and students um, sometimes come across um, that are confusing at times, and that is how a class or folder is um, viewed in, in the app. Um, often, well, typically classes and folders are organized um, as uh, in alphabetical order, and sometimes that may be important, but it can also be important to have a folder or the class kind of stand out, uh, especially at different times, like in conference time. Mm-hmm. Um, so making that folder be the top of the list is pretty simple. You just have to put a special character, like a period or a number or an asterisk, in front of it, and it'll it'll push it to the top of the list. Um, and then that can be changed at a later time when you want a different folder to be at the top, or that folder is no longer n- needed to be the standout folder. And same thing with the class. Um, if you have multiple classes, you can do the same thing by. By cool. pushing it up to the top. And I, I think that it's important because, um, like, we're, today's um, kind of focus is on uh, the conference part of it. And at different times, um, you might need that wow folder mm-hmm. or that best work folder to be at the top. So when t- students are starting to compile that work into, into folders, it's easy for them to find those younger students, especially. Yeah. That's Very helpful. Cool. So, yeah.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that concludes. This fortnight's episode of the new tools, and we'll be back in a couple weeks just before Thanksgiving. Peace out. Bye. That song you hear in the background is from Clipping's new album, There Existed an Addiction to Blood. Clipping has been generous enough to let us use their song, A Better Place, as our intro and outro. And so we want to make sure that uh, you know they have some new music out there. And you should totally go check it out, especially if you're into experimental hip-hop. And you should also go check out our blog, thebmp.org. I'm Josh, and I'm out. Only homies around, everyone here is crew. Something foul in the air, something feeling askew.